Okay, guys. Welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 81. This week on the show, we've got a conversation with the band four minutes later. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking to the guys, and I think they had a lot of fun talking to me. Um, But they're definitely a band I think a lot of you need to check out. They're self-described as alien pop. Um, Basically, as we discuss in this conversation... Um, they don't really fit into one genre, and I know I say that about a lot of artists, but it's especially true with Four Minutes Later, and so Alien Pop fits them in the sense that they're kind of in their own little world. They're, uh, you know, a little too rock for pop and a little too pop for rock, and, um, They've got this really unique sonic sound uh, that hopefully is going to catch on. Um, But yeah, we talked about all sorts of stuff, including the formation, uh, the early days, which was about three years ago, um, and kind of how this all started with a single tweet that just said, music coming soon. And here we are three years later, the guy's fairly recently um just kind of finally revealed themselves the project was pretty anonymous previously where uh nobody knew exactly who four minutes later was um and it's a really cool thing so uh definitely want you guys to check out this episode and and you know listen all the way through um as the guys say towards the end of the conversation like if you listen to this episode and you check them out or whatever as long as you've listened to this episode they want to hear from you I want to hear from you so drop a comment tag them you know jump over to their Instagram and uh, shoot them a message or whatever as well but let's uh really dive into this conversation I think you guys are going to enjoy it like I said um, so yeah, let's kick off my conversation with four minutes later. So to, uh, kick things off, we will start with the same boring ass question every time, um, <laughs> which moon, you probably heard me say a few times if you listen to the show, um, <laughs> basically it's, it's the introduction, you know, who you are, what you do in the band and just a little background on yourself. Uh, yeah. So my name is moon and I play the triangle. <laughs> I like it. Electric triangle. electric triangle and I dabble with the kazoo. <laughs> um, no, I, I play guitar in the band and uh, Junior. Uh, my name's Junior. I uh, vocals and a little bit of guitar as well. Um, and I mean, we're both uh, we're both kind of when we need to be multi instrumentalists um, when it comes to writing and figuring stuff out in the studio and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So for people that haven't heard of you, you're relatively new to the music industry um, in this iteration. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about kind of the formation and that initial tweet that went out that just said music is coming and then how you guys have progressed and kind of blown up from that one tweet. Yeah. So it's actually funny that you say, you know, in this iteration too, um, because I've been, we've been, I don't know, you know, we've been getting a lot of 
people that are saying like, oh, great, I love your song, can't wait till there's more. And it's like, well, there is more, like we've been doing this for a while now. Um, you know, so yeah, it was 2018. Uh, we both, you know, had been involved in other music projects and wanted to start this together. And, and our big thing was, if we're gonna do it, let's just worry about the music. Um, and he, yeah. Moon's more of the, the social media kind of guy. And he was like, okay, I'll get the Twitter started out. And, you know, and, and he's a, just put out that tweet, you know, music coming soon. And I remember being at work one day and just messaging him saying, what are you do? Like, what are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> what do you mean? What am I doing? Like, well, like my phone, how do I turn these notifications off? What's happening? And we went from, you know, zero to, to a couple thousand followers in the matter of like a day, just from people grasping onto that tweet. Yeah. yeah we, uh, we, we actually were in a band together before and, um, we were, we we're actually doing a, a photo shoot for that band. And we had, we had kind of talked about four minutes later and doing four minutes later as, as a side project and kind of whoever we were writing that really wasn't fitting into that current project and that we would kind of do it just under the radar, nothing else, just the music. And so that was the initial plan with, with four minutes later. Um, so when we're doing that photo shoot with the photographer and we're kind of rebranding, uh, the other project, the photographer said to us, he said, uh, can I ask you guys an honest question? We said, yeah, sure. And he goes, why, why are you rebranding this project? Like this project has been around for a bit. It was junior's high school band and I joined later on and, and, uh, we're doing well, but, um, he, he kind of brought up the point of why not just start something fresh since it's just the two of you now. And I wasn't even an original member of the last project. So just start something fresh, have that hype of, of being something new. And it was around that time that tweet kind of took off on us. And we looked at each other and said, this is what we, we need to run with right now. And it was, uh, it was kind of a, I want to say a scary time, but in, in, in for us, because we kind of put the cart in front of the horse a little bit in the sense that we tweeted out music coming soon, meaning, Hey, we're working on music, but right. most people don't understand the process of, it takes from writing to recording to mixing to mastering to uploading to your distribution to release and, and getting all the clearance and everything like that, that it's not a, a two-day thing or a week-long thing. And it took off and people wanted music right then. It was, well, you said soon and soon was a week ago. Um, so we needed music yesterday from the time we tweeted. And, uh, and, on top of that, I was actually taken off to go to Africa for a few weeks. Um, right, kind of like we finished our first track. This is London. Um, right, right in the studio. A couple of days, I think it was a day or two later. I took off, and you know, we're trying to communicate in separate time zones and and send feedback on the mix. And you know, I'm I'm getting ready to go to bed and getting an email for a mix. And Moon's just getting up, and it's like it it was chaos really and then you know to get back to release it and and to, to a pretty warm reception for something that we're proud of everything we've done but i think we've grown a lot since then so um you know i think i think if if we were releasing the stuff that we're doing now i think it would have been an even warmer reception if i'm speaking candidly and honestly but um we were we were it's a new project and i think whenever you're writing whenever you're recording whenever you're creating it's like a tap you got to turn it on and there was a bit of rust to come out first so we kind of got rid of that and i feel like we got a good flow going now nice clean water 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the photographer brought up a, a good point because, you know, like it's easy to say, well, we're comfortable with what we're doing. So we just want to carry that stuff forward. But at the same time, like, would it have worked, you know, to come out with this music under that banner, if you will, and that fan base look at it and go, man, this isn't what we signed up for and just watch people, you know, ditch instead of jumping on board. Definitely. And uh, that kind of brought us to uh, a more recent term we, we've added to to four minutes later, which is alien pop. Mm -hmm. And and the idea of four minutes later, uh, like I said, was the idea of whoever wasn't fitting with the last project to release under this name and that four minutes later could be anything. So the idea of alien pop is I find a lot of industry people always go, oh, what do you sound like? What what genre is your music? What, what other bands? What other bands? Yeah. And uh, I mean, so far, mainly we've kind of stuck to a certain certain area, but it, we kind of feel like it, a little bit of it's a little too pop for the rock crowd and a little too rock for the pop crowd. And so we kind of, at least as far as industry goes, so we kind yeah. of in that middle ground and we said, why are we trying to fit everyone's standards of what genre or what sound we are? Let's just, we're alien pop, we're us. And if that means we're going to release a barbershop quartet, then that's what we're going to do because yeah. that's what we're feeling <laughs> at that time. And I think that's that's the thing too is, you know, when the the Who Is Four Minutes Later started, it was, it was we were very active and almost to a, to a negative sense that we were, had to be on social media 24 seven. You know, we really wanted yeah. to build that that interaction and, and get to know the people who were eventually going to be supporting us. Um, and so people would joke around and say, oh, they must be vampires or they must be aliens. And the aliens kind of really stuck with us. Um, and we like that. And that's why we're like alien pop means like no one's ever heard of it. No one's ever done it. And, and not to say that what we're doing is super brand new and super original. And, you know, they broke the mold when they made us. But we just we wanted it to be about the music. And that means we can create whatever we feel like and not feel like. And I think our fans have come to expect and I'm not feel like we have to fit into a certain mold and right you know, write a radio hit for one, for an album or write this, or it's just whatever we're writing and, and whatever we feel like writing about, whether that's a, a dance tune or a, a really super emotional ballad or, or an absolute dad rock song. We've, we've got a lot, we've got all that in the, in the tubes coming down right now. Like it's, it the, the actual album itself is going to be a bit of everything. And, and I think that's going to be the, the most fun for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, I've tried to get away from using the genre labels anyway, because nowadays nobody really fits in one category. Like everybody takes so much influence and inspiration off these other bands that you kind of morph everything as you evolve yourself. So like there's the only like quote unquote pop punk band that I can really name anymore is Newfound Glory. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everybody else has so much variation to it that they're not truly pop punk anymore. Um, and that's not a negative thing. And I think that plays into like what you guys are doing. It's to me, the alien pop, when I first saw it in the, the press release and everything, I'm like, okay, like, let's see what this is really about. Like, are we doing like crazy synth stuff? Like trying to be, you know, that side of it, is it literal? Um, you know, and what I found is like what you were just saying, there's just a morph of one is a little more rock. One's a little more pop and all these variations in between. Um, and I think for the way the industry set up now, that puts you guys in a really advantageous position because now you're not stuck 
to the same tours either where, oh, you sound like Justin Bieber, so you have... I know, we all want to tour with Justin Bieber, but yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're... <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to get stuck in like I, yeah, I sign us up. Sign us up. Yeah, get, get, get the backstage monkey and and whatever else he crawls around with. I think would be a riot. Yeah, but but you know, my point being, like, you're not stuck in that. Okay, you can only tour with pop acts. You guys could go out with Walk the Moon. You could do Justin Bieber or something like super mainstream. Um, but then I I could easily see you guys doing like quote unquote basement shows too. And just yep. vibing and, and chilling. And that's, yeah, and that's the big thing is, and we've both, um, we've both played live a lot and we both um, always kind of pride ourselves in, it has to be more than just however many guys are in your band or however many, whatever, it has to be more than just going to a pub and seeing a, a band. You got to leave with a memorable moment. And whether that's yep. an arena show or, or, a basement, bar show yeah. or a basement show do something memorable and creative and fun and make sure that if we're not having fun the crowd's not having fun and as simple as that so the way we have fun is not to repeat ourselves to keep it fresh keep it exciting take inspirations from other other things we've seen and gone oh that's really cool i have no problem saying that like i'll, I'll take stuff from other artists and bands that i've seen live or or in the studio and be like hey i heard this really cool synth sound i really want that in our song you know there's nothing wrong with that everyone does it and if they say they don't, they're lying. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it, you know, it just plays back to, um, I'm trying to remember, I want to say it's a Picasso quote, um, and I'm going to butcher it. So we'll paraphrase it, but it was something along the lines of every good artist is a thief of another artist. And obviously he doesn't mean steal and don't give credit or whatever, but like, you have to take that inspiration in that, that kind of muse where you can get it. And if that's out of another artist's work, then more power to you. Yeah. And I mean, think of how many people take inspiration from the Beatles and all of the Beatles work had inspiration from, from Chuck Berry and, you know, the Everly brothers and, and they, they would go to, to rehearsal or writing sessions and come together was already a Chuck Berry song. The first lyrics of, of, come together are a Chuck Berry song and they had to change it. Right. So it's like everyone, everyone takes yeah. inspiration from their idols. And I think there's, there's no way around that. And it's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And that's, I think that's the, the key is like, it's not, Oh, we're going to steal this from whatever artist because we think we can do it that much better. And we want to put them to shame or, or whatever. Like it's not meant to be negative. You know, the most sincere form of flattery, is impersonation so you know kind of taking a little bit and giving them that nod and that homage that hey you guys inspired us to do this i think says a lot about an artist in general yeah absolutely i mean even with the uh with our newest song in my head that uh released in uh, mid-july we uh when we we're writing that song it was actually or when we we're in studio it was the week that uh, eddie van halen had died so when we did the when it came time to record the guitar solo junior brought up the fact like hey this is kind of has some 80s vibes to it like we kind of referenced the cars a little bit uh, in the writing process and he said with you know with the passing of eddie van halen let, let's let's do a little homage to him with with the solo so that's so that's where a little bit of a crazy rock solo comes flowing through the the uh track yeah 
And I, I think, you know, that's something I wanted to touch on, so I'm glad you brought it up because we'll just segue into it now. Um, with the new, the new track, like, that guitar solo isn't something that's happening in most mainstream music right now. So for you guys to be bold enough, I guess, to say, you know what, this is something that we believe in and we want to do this and put it out there, nobody else is doing that in the mainstream arena right now. Yeah, well, there, there's very few examples of it right now anyways. I know Miley Cyrus has a track out that had... Uh, plastic a, Hearts? Uh, yeah, Plastic Hearts, thank you. Uh, has a, a cool, cool guitar solo happening in it. And and so there is a few artists doing it right now, but to your point, like not not many, but we're, we, are, we grew up on classic rock. Our dads are big classic rock guys. Uh, I remember being three playing with Kiss action figures and Ace Frehley was my favorite and 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 there's a guitar solo in every song so to be able to take those classic rock influences and you know we don't want to we don't do it every track for sure and I I try not to be the one to suggest it I usually let Junior go hey maybe we should put soul in it like okay yeah let's do that um, I don't think he shot one down yet yeah I, I won't turn it down but um and I think the thing the thing with the solo is we're I, I think we're gonna start to see more of them. I mean I, I I'm not a trendsetter by any means at all and I have no idea what's what's gonna come next. But I think if you look at what's hot right now, everyone's attention span is so short because of things like TikTok and Instagram and, and all that that all the top hit songs in the past year for the you know the hot one hundred, they're all under three minutes for the most part. So there's no time yeah. for a guitar solo on that. And I think you're going to start to see artists, like you look at writers and producers like Andrew Watt, who he did Post Malone with Ozzy Osbourne. There's a killer guitar solo. He did Miley Cyrus, Plastic Hearts, if I'm not mistaken, killer guitar solo. So there's these guys that that find a way to mix the pop like Andrew Watt does so well and then throw his favorite stuff as rock. So, you know, he, he's getting to work yeah. with... I think those are the best producers, the ones like Andrew Watt, Watt and Ryan Tedder who can go do a Paul McCartney album and then go do a One Republic album or Miley Cyrus and Ozzy Osbourne, you know, probably writing and working on them in the same week. And that's when I think you're going to see some pushback from artists going like Miley Cyrus has going, you know, don't put me in this mold. Like I'll, I'll, I'll play what I want to play when I want to play it. And if whoever likes it, great. But at the end of the day, especially I think at that caliber when they're doing arenas and stadiums, the music has to be for them first. Everyone, you know, says it's it's for the fans, and that's very true. Right. Our fans are everything to us. But if we're not happy with the music and it's not for us first and foremost, then it's it's not for anyone. Yeah, for sure. And I think that plays into. I talk a lot about the authenticity of music, and I think that's a prime example that you know you could sit down and say we're just going to write a top forty song. Period. We don't really care if it has any connection or meaning to us. And you could probably do something that's going to sound like that. But then when you go to play it live or when people listen to it, are they really going to connect with it because it just came out of this cookie cutter mold? Or when you put your authenticity into it, doing those guitar solos and things like that, are more people going to be like, oh, shit, yeah, like this is really what they like to play. This is what I want to listen to. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. We... Uh we're just we take inspiration like we we talked about earlier we kind of take inspiration from these different artists that are happening around today and and we 
<laughs> not to not we, we kind of we like to say we're our own biggest fans so if if we're if we're not liking what we're listening to then who else is going to like it yeah like it, that's the thing like i'm i'm the biggest four minutes later fan in the world hands down there's there's no <laughs> doubt about it and and i think it has to be that way you have to be proud of what you're making and i think the other side of that is the team that we've kind of started working with um in the studio is amazing because they're well versed in different genres and they're not afraid to try things with us and write things with us and produce things that maybe they wouldn't normally do or that isn't cookie cutter and they they hit it out of the park every time and they they let us have that like come you know come into a session and say well what do you guys want to work on today and it's like let's do an absolute classic rock song and, and you know and then we go to a upbeat pop dance song and it's like how do you how do you do those in sessions back to back with the same group of guys and and we have been and it's and that's the amazing like feel super fortunate that we accidentally linked up with them <laughs> and it's worked out so yeah i think you know kind of to play on that a little is when you find someone a that's talented enough to do it but b also believes in the project to say yes this can work and just work with you through what you're your vibes are or whatever's in your your mind that day yeah i mean the word you just said belief really stuck out to me and 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 our team that we have production wise uh songwriters who who we help we brought in um they've they've had nothing but uh supported us and and shown belief in the project which is like almost as, as big as the talent aspect is if not bigger right is is that belief and and when you have that those people behind you supporting you with that belief especially in the in the beginning part um because we're anonymous and and we we didn't tell our family we didn't tell our friends we want to keep it we want to grow it ourselves and then come to our family and friends and be like this is what we've created like please check it out if you like enjoy it rather than then showing them every step of the way we want to have something a little more complete to present to people and say here's everything which was super hard for me i don't know about you because being as proud of our project as we are and having people come up to you that you haven't seen in a year or two and say hey you still working on music and it's like ah you know here and there are you fluff it <laughs> off and it's like meanwhile your your lips are just burning to be like yeah we've got a million streams right now and you know or we you know we've got all these amazing people supporting us right now and, and you just you want to tell them what you couldn't so that's the nice thing with with this new phase for us is just being able to tell people you know even today walking through the mall saw someone like oh you still working on music yeah actually check it out and they you know they most people will and it's cool to get those messages and after from people you would least expect it to be like oh i checked it out it's really cool yeah yeah and i think you know kind of my perception on that is um you know like you said, you want to have something a little more complete. Not that support's not cool, like during the process, but uh, I recently started a second podcast called Musicians for Mental Health, and I was in the same boat. Like, I kept it really hush hush and close to the vest until I was really ready to put some stuff out there because I didn't want people just to be like, "Oh yeah, you know," given that that fake support or you know that yeah. unvalidated support and just hyping it up and then. What if the project fell through or whatever? Um, and I assume that's kind of where you're at with it is like, we could get this partially validated because it's friends and family, but this unvalidated support 
but what if this doesn't work out? And what if we change direction or don't know what we're doing yet? And that that's exactly it. And we, uh, we, we got really lucky where we had the boat kind of the best of both worlds where we were able to, because we started trending on, on Twitter, we were able to have a fan base that was so supportive of, of us and, and kind of a neat experience for them that I'm not even sure if they're fully aware of that they were, they were there for our feeling out stages at the beginning. And, 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 and those little steps that you take before you, uh, you know, I mean, now I feel like we're so set, um, not maybe set's not the right word, but we, we feel more complete as, as writers, as musicians, as, as a band, as far as that goes and branding and everything else that goes into a band on, on the business side. And, and they were kind of there as we're developing it for each step of the way. And, and they, they gave us that support. So then to, to have the support from the fan base and then be able to bring in fans and, uh, friends and family for their support as well was, was a super cool thing for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, so to touch back on in my head, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, you know, because I do have this other podcast called musicians for mental health, um, is kind of the underlying theme of that song talking about, you know, those monsters and demons in your head and, and how to deal with them and approach those things. Um, kind of walk me through, how music affects you when it comes to like mental health or dealing with personal experiences and things like that, using it maybe as like a therapy session, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely therapeutic, even, even in the sense of some of the love songs and, and, and the relationship stuff we, we write about, like even that's therapeutic to get it out there and, and kind of like, Think, uh, think about us. One of our songs was very th- uh, therapeutic for me, in the sense of just kind of getting those thoughts that were just lingering in my head of a previous relationship. And one, once it kind of came out and the song came out, I just felt a lot more. By the time all that happened, uh, a lot more okay with with the, the situation, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I'll let Junior speak more to the to the in my head part. Yeah, and I think I think for me, like music is super therapeutic in the sense of listening to it. I listen to like that the Spotify yearly wrap up. Yeah, my my numbers are always staggering for how many hours of music I listen to. It's it's disgusting. I don't think there's probably two hours out of the day that I'm not listening to music and and different genres, like crazy different genres. I go from like 1950s, you know, duops to to heavy heavy metal to rock to pop everything in between rap everything um and i think it's it's amazing to me i find it amazing because music makes the mood and and suits the mood so if i'm you know working out or boxing i want something that's going to pump me up if i'm having a rough day i want something that's maybe gonna to to feel that way and so i try to try to think of of that when i'm writing um and and even to the point of for me, it's a really weird thing, but for me, I listen to music even to the point where I fall asleep and it has to be certain music. And and one example of that is Taylor Swift's latest stuff is phenomenal. I love it. And mm-hmm. it's and it's great to listen to. And a yep. fan once said like um, about one of our songs, like I listen to your music to fall asleep. Don't take that the wrong way. And to me, that was like the coolest thing ever. That was like, yeah. most people be like, what do you mean? It's boring. And for me, it was like, I get that. It puts you in a sense of calm something I just something I helped create made you feel something 
yeah. whether it be calm or sadness or emotion. And for me, that's really cool. And in my head, um, the thought of the demons in the head, it started out a little more playful, to be honest. There was many, many iterations of the lyrics of this song. The instrumental was done and it was now let's write the lyrics. The instrumental was, was very strong with this song, I felt. Um, it was a great catchy song, had the rock elements, had the pop elements, everything kind of fit like a puzzle and, and very well and seamlessly. And there were so many different versions of the song and I, I'd come up with something, a hook or a chorus or a melody and love it. And then walk away from it for 10 minutes, come back and it's like, that was the worst thing I've ever wrote. Um, <laughs> and about 10 times and I was just laying there in bed trying, you know, it was like four in the morning or five in the morning and I'd been trying to write all night and couldn't come up with anything. And I was just like, I know I'm better than this. I'm getting in my own head. Like I'm better than what's in my head right now. And that's where it kind of came up with that. And then kind of started, you know, as we all jumped in on the writing session um, was more, of, you know, dealing with the demons in your head and, and just kind of being able to, no matter whether it's writing a song or depression or mental health or whatever it may be, being able to overcome it and, and know that you're better and than than any of the negative kind of thoughts that are pulling you down. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I think, you know, for me, that was kind of what drew me into the song a little bit more because of having the connection to mental health uh, myself. But um, I think it's the way that it's written. Like you said, it, it's not it doesn't have to be specifically mental health. It's whatever your negative thought is. Um, you know, those those can manifest so easily, especially nowadays with social media and the toxicity that is Instagram and everything else, but you know, you, you get those thoughts, but they don't have to control what you do. You get to control what they do. That's it. And that's, you know, and I think that, I think anytime an artist is able to touch on a subject that even if it's not directly mental health, but can be taken that way, I think it's great because it might help kind of break the stigma around it. It might help bring some comfort to someone. Um, and a lot of people, my, my favorite response to a question was one that Moon said was, when people ask you what's what's that song about and instead of asking me what it's about i'd rather someone tell me what they think it's about and yep. so a lot of times that's what moon will tell say to people is is you know what's what's in my head about and he said well what's it about to you because to me it's amazing that we can write something create it and it mean you know one thing straight down the line but it actually you know i think dave Grohl said it was the best part about music is being on stage singing one thing and having it mean a million different things yeah and it's it's not it's nothing but the truth you know it's it, it is it means something different to everyone so if you can borderline you know and the, the key is authenticity right from the heart you know you don't want to just say oh i'm going to write a song about mental health you have to write about it if you're dealing with that or if you have experience with that and if it can if it can connect with someone who maybe is struggling with that then i think that's a really fantastic thing to maybe help, you know, with all the negativity out there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually the reason that I stopped asking. I used to ask that question, you know, hey, your new single is called this. Tell me what it's about, because that's what everybody was doing at the time. And then like looking back, um, I don't know, probably five or six years ago, I stopped asking that question entirely because I started realizing like when I asked that question, I already had a preconceived notion of what it meant to me. And then when it wasn't that coming from the artist, I'm like, well, shit, like, does the song really mean the same thing anymore? So yeah. I stopped asking that entirely because you don't want to ruin that for someone. If they made the connection to this song and it's 
in their mind it's about depression or about social media or whatever like let that be what it is for them yeah exactly no we, we definitely believe the the same thing with that look at the biggest one of the biggest songs of all time hotel california nobody mm-hmm. nobody can tell you what that song's about nobody right and the eagles themselves won't tell it confirm or deny anything about it right like yeah you get kind of the idea and there's these generalized theories but the beauty of that song is it means something different to everyone else so it's, i think that's cool yeah absolutely um so obviously in my head just dropped uh, about two weeks ago um so it's obviously the fresh and and upfront, but as 2021 is kind of progressing, what's this look like for you guys? You know, we're coming out of COVID. Hopefully things are starting to open back up. You know, live music's kind of starting to make its return. Um, what does 2021 kind of look like for you guys in that perception? Well, we do we do have more music coming still for 2021. We still uh, we have more songs coming. We we've chosen we've chosen. Uh, to release uh, a single at a time, if you will, quote unquote mm-hmm. single. Um, so we we have uh, one that looks like will be coming early September at the moment, and then another one following that, uh, um, probably about a month and a half or so after that. So we have more music coming. And then the biggest thing we wanna do um, is we really wanna, with COVID ending, we wanna get out there, we wanna start doing shows and we want to meet these people that have been supporting us for three years without even knowing if we were actually humans or what like, you know <laughs> right we want to meet them we want to ho- hopefully provide them with a great night and uh and yeah we're, our our hope is 2021 is healthy for everyone yeah. you know people we know and and the world um and and successful and success is something different to everyone success to us is just being able to do this more and and at new levels so right yeah. now we're putting out songs hey wouldn't it be great if one of those songs charted maybe maybe not wouldn't it be great if we could tour with a band that we admire you know like you had mentioned walk the moon and yeah. things like that like those are the kind of bands that we would just be honored to be able to get a phone call one day and say hey you guys want to come play a show and even if it's one at a time one-offs or festivals yeah. or whatever we just want to be out there and we we want to play yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's kind of funny. You mentioned the the charting, you know, maybe a good thing, maybe not. I uh, just talked to an artist the other day for the other podcast for Musicians for Mental Health. Um, and one of his first singles actually charted on Billboard. And he said, like, as great as that is, at the same time, now I'm chasing that high. And he hasn't achieved it again since. And it's like, it gets in your head a little bit that, okay, we had success, but why can't we get there again? Um, and I don't think that's something a lot of fans think about is that it, don't get me wrong. It's obviously amazing and great when you chart and do all these big things, but now as an artist and as a, a creator, like your bar goes from here all the way up to that same spot. And then you start missing that spot or whatever, and it kind of fucks with you. Um, so I, I totally get where you're coming from on, you know, do we want to, kind of have this one flash in the pan experience and then chase it? Or do we want to build to where that's a regular thing where we're on there all the time? We, yeah. And, and to that point, we, we have some experience, not with charting, but um, when we went viral, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're trending in three different countries and 
and our like Junior said earlier, our phones are blowing up. We have to figure out how to turn the notifications off because <laughs> it was a constant stream and it was so cool. And then that hasn't happened again since. And that was three years ago. And we're like, oh, what can we do to make that happen again? We're kind of, we're kind of chasing that high for for quite a bit. And and then of course we we were trending before we had even released music. So people had no idea what we sounded like and stuff. So then we start releasing music and then, you know, a few people start unfollowing and your numbers start going down and we're like scratching our heads, like, what are we doing wrong? Like we got, we got to figure this out. And, and so it kind of between chasing that high kind of messes with you a bit. But uh, one thing we've learned with this process is, is not to worry too much about those numbers and just worry about the things you can control, right? We're going to keep releasing music we love do, that, that we love, and we're going to keep uh, trying to create content for our fans and the ones who are there to communicate with us. We're going to uh, try to keep that communication open with our fans. Like we, we keep uh, open DMs and we, we do our best anyways of all the responses we get when we they do. Can text us. They can text us, Snapchat us. We try to communicate that. We figure if they're giving the time for us, we'll give the time for them uh, as best as we can, obviously. Uh, we're only two people, so uh, there's only so much of us to go around. But and I think I think with chasing that high, the one thing that like I've had to teach myself is, and I've heard it a few times recently, is if you have expectations, you're only setting yourself up for failure. So don't go into it with expectations, but use, if you want to call it an expectation, as motivation. So yeah, reach for that bar. But I think AJR is is the one lyric that I love in some of their new, in, in their new stuff is, uh, you know, he says like, I played a show and no one showed, I wrote a song and no one listened to it essentially. And he still says, lucky me at the end of it, right? And it's like, it's so true. Yeah. Like, and, and I've said that to Moon recently is like, hey, at the end of the day, if not a single person listens to our music, we created music, like good for us. And, and I think, you know, we're ahead of that already. We have people that like to listen to it and, and it's the coolest thing to create something that, that you really enjoy. And there's obviously a ton of nerves involved with releasing something. Um, you know, it feels like it was ours and then it's becoming someone else's and and you don't want people to tear it apart and trash it. And, you know, at the end of the day, even if everyone trashed something we put out, I'd still be proud of it, but it feels validating and it feels great. And, and to have people tell you that, Hey, I like this too, or I listen to this or it makes my day a bit better. Yeah. And I forget how the quote goes and I don't remember who it was. Uh, but there's a quote that basically says an artist doesn't make art for themselves. They make it for others. And I actually disagree with that. And I think you probably would too, that at, at the heart of it, the art is from the artist and it is for that artist to get whatever they needed to out into the world. And like we said earlier, if someone resonates with it, great. But if that's the goal that you're chasing, you're going to get this kind of empty validation and this empty uh, acceptance to some degree um, where you're constantly looking to others for their approval instead of like you guys have already said a couple times, like, we're making music for ourselves. It's just really cool that other people like it. Yeah. And I think, I think TikTok and things like that really push that even further for people. TikTok is, is all about creating content for other people. It's not, you don't, you know, things like that. That's yeah. why I wouldn't say TikTok is art. It's, it's content. Um, and that's where, yeah. you know, as, as a band, 
we do create things for other people. We do create things for the fan. We hope our music videos are, are specifically for them. But again, we like to put our heart into it. But things like TikTok, I think, you know, it is you, you are creating for other people. And I think that's why people get, they chase after that. And it's like, you know, oh, you look at all the, the famous TikTokers. And it's like some of them have millions of views on one video. And then the next one gets, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. And it's like, that's what happens when you're just, constantly creating something for someone else rather than yeah. something like music where you, some of the best albums of all time took years to write and some of them took 10 minutes it, it does there's no time frame with music it's just the best music comes from the heart and it's what people are passionate about yeah totally agree and i think you know that it, it, tiktok is a, a perfect example like you said of putting things out for other people's acceptance, whereas music, photography, you know, painting, whatever, is really about creating what makes you happy and then letting others look at it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so let's go with, you know, say, we'll fast forward a little bit. Let's say 2022. Um, COVID is gone. Live music is, uh, is back. What would the kind of ideal tour for you guys look like as far as um, artists that you want to play with, bucket list or not, you know, like who's kind of, we're ready to do this as our next step. So I think we would very, very be both be very different than that. And sorry for, sorry for kind of getting a bit distracted there. We're, we're currently in our barn music studio and there's a squirrel running around. So but no, it, uh, it, I think it would be very different for both of us. I think a, a happy medium would be, we do, you know, if we, if we had a perfect year next year in, in a dream scenario, I think we would do a couple tours with, you know, maybe an artist that I like, an artist that he likes, and then a bunch of festivals where there's nothing better than a festival where you get, you know, hey, maybe we're playing with the Stones, Billie Eilish, 21 Pilots, you know, <laughs> all these kind of groups that you get, you see like rock and reel, let's say, where it's like, yeah, these lineups that you would never see anywhere else. And you get to be honored and privileged to be, you know, a footnote on that playing the, the bar stage at you know 7 a.m. as the crowds are coming in. I'd love that. I'd be thrilled about that. And But I think artist-wise, um, some really cool ones for me would be AJR, Walk the Moon, I mean, 21 Pilots, um, Laney is something that I'm really big into right now, and I know Moon is. Um, you know, and, and those ones would be really cool. And I think as far as geographically, um, it would be really cool to do North America, but it'd be really cool to do Europe. So I think it would be, I mean, I know I'm saying all over the place and <laughs> Australia and just the whole, the, the whole world. Yeah, the, right. the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First, first New York and then the world. <laughs> and then Mars. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think, uh, I think, yeah, we do a, a, a global tour and then we'll have uh, Jeff Bezos take us up and do a space show. <laughs> um, uh, but honestly, we we've been we've been doing this now for for three years, and and we're so happy with where we are musically right now. And we're we're in the studio right now. We've been in the studio pretty much, pretty constantly. We're a little on and off, but pretty constantly during COVID. So we have music that we're that we're recording still for this year and into next year. So we do have a lot of music coming and and a lot of studio time. So. 
we're hoping by the time you know next spring next summer rolls around that we're able to get on tour on any tour um and and just go non-stop just all the shows we can wherever we can play where whoever will have us if it's one person if it's two thousand we'll be there and we want to play that's that's the end of you know that's our end goal for 2022 um and then artists for me i mean like if we're talking big time like five seconds of summer is is a band that we've we've uh, looked up to sonically and 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 uh, music you know um just how they've conducted themselves too where where they came out as teenagers and they, they did their thing and they took some time off and came back with their new sound and they keep pushing their own envelopes. So they're, they're someone we draw inspiration from. Um, I think even some of the ones we grew up with, like, you know, the all time lows and the simple plans that like, they're still doing pop punk and making it cool. Like they're keeping the scene alive. Like, I mean, it would be, it would be a friggin' honor to play with, with those, those guys. And, you know, like I've played with simple plan before with a previous band and, and they're great guys and and you know when you when you start playing with bands like that it becomes a family like everyone knows each other um yeah. you know moon's had experience with that with the being on tour with cherry pools guys and and getting to you know each city feels like a new home for you for one reason or another so it's uh yeah we'd just love to go any, anywhere that'll have us yeah um i don't know if you know the numbers off the top of your head and if you don't that's totally fine but looking into like your Spotify analytics and stuff, where are some areas that you are like seeming to chart a little bit better? Is it like your Chicago's and New York's? Is it overseas? So Moon, like we both, we both dig into that. Um, Again, we try not to obsess over, but it's hard. Uh, But Moon actually sent me a text today and it was pretty cool saying like, we just had a ton of new listeners pop up in Tokyo. And it's like, to me, that's mind blowing. Um, I try not to get too wrapped up in, in the numbers of like, hey, we're, you know, we have a bunch in Atlanta or Chicago or Vegas. And, you know, a lot of the states is good for us right now, like those major cities. But like when something like, you know, Tokyo happens, that's something that 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you would find out via a newspaper that like, hey, you just sold a bunch of albums in Tokyo and you yeah. would have no idea. So to find out instantly like, hey, yesterday we had this many people listen to me is still mind blowing. Like, that's cool. Yeah, and I think as as far as like analytics and, and the cities go and stuff, when being uh, you know anonymous to start off the project and not having a home essentially, um, we are we are Canadian. We're from Canada, and most of our fan base is actually not from Canada. Like I think Canada is the third or fourth country on our list, um, and we have the states. The UK is up there for us. Um, and then some of the bigger cities, uh, Chicago, I think is our largest right now. We've had, uh, Dallas as our largest before New York, um, Vegas, Lo- Vegas and London seems to, that was a big one for our last release. So they kind of fluctuate a bit. Um, and even within Canada, we seem to get a lot more support from Western Canada. Um, just not necessarily fan wise, um, but industry wise, like it's a different vibe out west i think in the states as well it's just a little more welcoming vibe not to knock where we're from because we love it i mean rush is from over here and alexa on fire and a lot of great bands um but i think it like it's cool to see that you can and especially like moon said when when we started out 
without a, a home base essentially for people to know it it was amazing even a, a friend of ours that's in a great local band called revive the rose and they're doing great stuff they're you know they're just killing it and then they're like he sends me as like yeah your fan base is like really global and it's true like we we have pockets all over the world and that to me is like is just absolutely cool we sent out some stickers um to some fans a few weeks ago we said hey send us send us your address we'll send you guys some stickers to say thanks like kind of right as we were right as we were getting ready to reveal who we were and like to organize a spreadsheet with addresses and to figure out how to mail those like we did it all ourselves and how to mail to the first right. time i've ever mailed to the philippines or russia or you know like all these crazy places that it's like god it'd be so cool to go there and meet these people and, and hopefully we're fortunate enough that we can we can do that yeah for sure and i think you know just knowing from like my podcast and the analytics um i'm in the same boat like the u.s i'm based out of the u.s so the u.s is my largest but like when i first started seeing like australia creep up the list i'm like how you know like i get it it's all digital but to your point like how or why did i start resonating in this one area and i think it just goes to show like the power of music and i even though i'm not doing music necessarily like the connection that music has within the industry and the fan base um it goes back to why you make the scene is called that and it's basically founded on the belief that everybody within that that realm whether you're a pop punk fan a, a country artist you know a, just a tour guy for somebody like everybody within that musical area is what makes that scene and there's so much community to be had and i think it goes to show like with you guys too the the community can grow and beyond bounds that you ever thought that they would even be being just two anonymous guys from canada and then oh we've got fans in the philippines that we have to mail stickers to like what just happened here yeah it's it's crazy and i mean and like you said seeing that kind of it's instant gratification in a sense that analytics on things like Spotify update 24 hours later. So, you know, when we do get a, a, a bunch of new fans listening for whatever the reason may be, maybe we got picked up on a radio station um, in Atlanta and all of a sudden, you know, we have 20 new followers in Atlanta. We can see that. And it's like, my big thing is trying to figure out why. And sometimes mm-hmm. there's not an answer. Sometimes it, it's just algorithmic and it's whatever Spotify decides to push. And, you know the the beast that Spotify is that nobody <laughs> understands. I mean, it it's just it's it's mind boggling in a good way and in a bad way. I think we can't get too yeah. wrapped up in the numbers. You know, at the end of the day, Spotify is one platform and one way to get our music out there. And if it didn't exist, we'd still be doing it. So, you know, the, yeah. if we can get love from Spotify, amazing. We will take it day in and day out. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, our our big thing is let's get music out there and let's see where we can get it to. Like that's, you know, Spotify is not in every country and we want to be. So, you know, we, we got to find out a way how to, how to get around that as well. Like we want to be in every country and we want to be able to say, Hey, we've touched someone in every country with our, with our sounds and our music. And to me, that's the cool thing. Like, like going back to Tokyo, like, how do they know what I'm singing about? Like I couldn't understand a song that was in, you know, Japanese. And it's like, that to me is so cool that music can translate many languages, many countries, many continents. And it's, you know, just two guys that, that are doing something they love. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can kind of, um, relate to that because my number two country, I'm in the same boat as you. I've been trying to figure out why forever. 
my number two country right now is Romania. And I have no fucking clue why it's Romania. Yeah. But like, it, it's cool. Cause I'm like, like you just said, I, I can't speak whatever they speak in Romania. How do they understand? I'm sure it's not full English. Like it may be some variation or, you know, different dialect being close enough, but like, just that the way again that music transcends these language barriers and the geographical barriers and all that um i think it's it's a really cool time that we live in um because like you said earlier 30 40 years ago you may have done really well somewhere but you're not going to know until either the label calls you up or you see it in a newspaper billboard pops up and all of a sudden you're you know huge in japan now like we've got 24 hours later, hey, this is how we did. Okay, cool. The key, I think, and to your point, and you kind of said it too, the key is not fixating on it and going, okay, why didn't this one do as good as the last one in that same area? It just, exactly. you know, shit happens. So. Because, it, and because it's, a, it's a game, right? Like it really is a game and there's no, I mean, you play you play roulette and you're not going to win it every time and and with algorithms there's no way to 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 beat it it's going to either be in your favor or it's going to it's not going to be in your favor and you know there's so there's so much involved with computers and algorithms and everything in the industry now from from you know your social media posts to every every aspect of it to even how spotify analyzes the song to determine where they're going to push it to just from like the bpm and all that stuff it's crazy to me and that and that's you know that's why we try not to get too wrapped up in it and just keep making music for the sake of making music and i mean the reason the reason why we try not to get too wrapped up in it is because we have been too wrapped in in the past (laughs) right it's it's live and learn it's trial and error it's going oh we gotta figure this out and and then it's like we don't we don't actually have to figure any of that out we just gotta keep being us we want to do yeah being us and that's what we try to do yeah awesome uh, so let's say, you know, you guys said that you've got new music in the pipeline um, and you don't have to give away anything if we get too close to it. But uh, let's say Dream World collaboration. Who would you want to collaborate with on, on one of your well, songs? Well, well first, I, I want to say we've had the opportunity to collab with with some great artists um, and songwrite with some great artists, um, probably some that most people haven't even heard of so i want to give them a quick shout out uh laurel who's who's absolutely killing it she's super talented everyone should check out her music she's if i may just on laurel really quick she's intimidating as hell um (laughs) to be in a room writing with her and i've never told her this and she'll maybe never hear this hopefully but um she just like you know if, if we loop a section of the song that we need lyrics for she'll just kind of get up and just start mumbling things into a voice note and then all of a sudden, two minutes later, she's got the hook. And it's something that is so profound and something so great. And it's like, I, I wish I could be as talented as her with things like that. And and she's just, she's absolutely amazing at what she does. And yeah, it's it's so intimidating to be, but in a good way. It makes me, we we both always say we, we like to be sponges when we're in the room with any, whether it's the business side or the creative side. And I always like to feel like I'm the least talented person in the room because then, I know I'm going to learn. I know I'm going to have to elevate myself. So, um, as you were saying, Moon, Laurel, yeah, um, some other writers. Laurel, uh, Carl Wolf is another uh, another person we had the pleasure of of writing. We wrote Terrified with Carl, 
And again, it's super tough. It's amazing when there's someone to, we, we feel, we feel like we're always just trying to learn and, and be sponges. We, we want to surround ourselves with the most talented people we can and just learn what we can from them. Uh, and that's not Kelly. to say, yeah. Then that's not to say we don't write our own, like we, we obviously are part of every writing session, but that's not to say we don't just do our own demos, the two of us, and then bring them up because we do do that as well. But when we write from scratch with a room of songwriters, when we choose to go that route, we just want to be sponges and, yeah. and figure out how they do things and what we can, what tools we can add to the toolbox. And I think so what, watching a guy like Carl come in and just all of a sudden it's the first time he hears any of the instrumentals and then just plucks away a couple notes at the piano. And then right there, you got your melody. It's like, yeah. So how do these guys <laughs> work? So and that's, that's but. the thing. Right. And I think for me, my dream collaboration, I'll sing with anyone. Like I would love, like I could list a number of people I would love to sing with, you know, from doing something with someone like Billie Eilish to obviously Paul McCartney is, is, you know, whatever. But for me, it's more the creative side that I'd love to collaborate with. So I would, I would probably cut off a limb to be able to work with Ryan Tedder. Um, to me, he is just like the best music producer. He's, it, it, if you haven't look up his credits for, production and writing and you can't tell me that your jaw won't hit the floor to see what he's been able to do both rock pop rap hip-hop everything he, he can do it and he does it fast and it's like he has a formula for it which he swears he doesn't but he, he must <laughs> so you know guys like that for me like the, the production side um i've been lucky enough to work with a lot of legendary producers um you know over the years different guys like uh uh just you know it, it we've worked with paul gigliotti from wave who had a you know a top 10 hit in our country a couple top 10 hits and seeing the way they work when they've had that experience is amazing and i yeah ryan tedder for me um julia michaels is big yeah, on our list yeah uh and jr and marie big on our list anyone who can not only i think for me if i'm gonna just work with one person like if it was like pick your dream collaborator it would have to be someone who I could who who can do both the performance aspect and the the writing. So like the Julia Michaels, Ryan Tedder, and Marie. Um, if you're gonna give us two, I'd say like, hey, it'd be freaking amazing to be able to perform on stage with with a Beatle, um, and it would be amazing to work in the studio with someone legendary. So, actually, side note, I'm going to do a humble brag here. I actually have had the pleasure of performing with a Beatle. <laughs> uh, Pete Best, who was the original drummer of the Beatles, I, I helped open up for him. So that's my that's my little brag there. Solid, solid. Um, so that's really everything I've got for you guys. Let's do kind of the the standard outro. You know, I first I appreciate the time that you've given me. Um, really think that fans are going to be able to to really see you guys. You know, in a hopefully in a new light. You know, you guys just recently quote unquote, showed yourself, um, you know, coming off the anonymous thing. And I'm hoping that this interview is, um, and I don't even like the word interview, this conversation is something that they can listen to and go, okay, now we know a little bit more about them and, and really can gravitate to you guys. Um, but, you know, we've talked about social media. You guys are obviously active on there. Um, DMs open, things like that. Go ahead and kind of plug everything, you know, where they can find you, what to expect and, and just anything you want to tell them. Yeah. Uh, before before we get into that, we want to thank you for having us on, Josh, and um, and providing a platform not just for us but for artists to you know come out here and and just showcase their personality because 
to your point, you know, when you're talking about only having the same 10 questions that you have to type up and answer, it's kind of hard to show personality that way. And, and so for you to create a platform where, uh, you know, artists like ourselves can come out and, and, uh, have a platform to speak on and just have a conversation. Like you said, it's, it's, it's super awesome what you're doing for the music industry as well. So I want to, I want to say that to you before we plug ourselves, but Junior, do you take it away? The easiest way to find us is our website, 4mlmusic.com. It's got all, all the, you know, landing page and all the links. Um, all our stuff is all the same. So it's all, you know, 4ML Music. So Twitter and Instagram and all that. Um, they can text us. We have our number on everything. It, it is really us texting people back. Um, so that's always fun. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, send us, if, if anyone discovers us from this podcast or likes us or hates us send us a message and tell us like we like getting messages from people um when i see that little notification on our inbox whether it be text twitter anything i love it i'm like whose messages what are they saying let's chat so um yeah instagram and then um my handle is uh uh junior the junior on uh on uh on instagram and mood of mercury um so I mean, we're we're pretty easy to find, but our website's the best place because it's got all those all those links on it. Yeah, everything awesome. is just four ML music. Yeah, makes it way easier when you're the first one to grab something like that. You know, you <laughs> yeah. don't have to do the like four ML music one or yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, actually, that that's kind of funny because when we originally started four minutes later, the idea was to be FML. So, you know, mm. fuck my life, right? And, yeah. and that's, that's really what caught me. I was like, oh yeah, fuck my life. That's hilarious. Let's do that. <laughs> and and then so the first step was like, all right, let's get the handle going. And everything FML is taken, right? Like yeah. it's yeah. by the time 2018 goes, it was all taken 10 years ago. And yeah. Those people aren't even active, but they still got it. So yeah. it, that's how 4ML came became 4ML and not FML. But yeah. No, that and that's awesome. You know, and I hope somebody listens to this and steals it. In college, me and a buddy were doing a little jam band acoustic thing, and we wanted to call ourselves superheroes in training so that everybody asked if we heard the new shit album, S-H-I-T. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it never went anywhere, but, you know, it's that fun little, like, man, I wish that would have taken off. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> I like that. So then my question awesome, for you guys. is, I, I have one question yeah. for you because you said superheroes in training. Are you a DC fan or a Marvel fan? So it depends. Cinematic Universe, it's Marvel hands down. Comic books, I can read either, but I prefer Marvel. And it's for two reasons. One is they use real world places, whereas DC, like where the fuck is Metropolis and, you know, Star City and all that. Uh, but number two is I just have such respect for what Stanley did at, at the beginning, creating these characters and really allowing them to not be, I'm going to knock Superman, you know, Superman is Superman. And for the longest time, he was undefeated, you know, all this stuff. And Stan Lee was like, nah, fuck that. These guys are still human. They just have powers. So I always love that there's that very human connection to that. That's cool. That's my, my answer to that is always, I like Marvel as a whole, but Batman trumps all. So, I mean, Batman is the king and then Marvel. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i and i wish that we would get 
you know, we they've done it in the books, obviously, and one animated movie, but I want the, the badass Dark Knight Batman that gives no fucks and just starts offing people when they do wrong. I think we'll get it with with the Pattinson. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, that could be cool. <laughs> right, right. Awesome, guys. I appreciate your time. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, this will actually be going up here in just a couple of days. So awesome. we'll be sure to tag you guys and, and cool. blast as much as we can. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you for having us. And thank you again, as Moon said, for doing doing what you do and uh, giving uh, bands like us a platform to uh, just blabber on. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I'm sure we'll talk again soon and, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. Cheers. And that was my conversation with Four Minutes Later. Uh, definitely hope you guys enjoyed that. I know it's a little bit of a long one, so if you stuck around to the end here, thank you so much. Um, definitely go over and check out this band, guys. They've got a ton of new music coming. They've got some, you know, quote-unquote deep catalog stuff for you already on Spotify and Apple or wherever you stream your music. Um, and yeah, like, you know, we talked in this conversation that the guys are super active on Instagram especially, but social media in general. Um, they try to reply to as many people as they can. It's really them replying, so, you know, they're not handing that off to, like, a record label or a press team or anything. It is them that's making that connection with you. Um, they've also got the text line, so definitely check that out. You can actually text the guys and get replies that way as well. Um, and yeah, you know, like I said, definitely want you to check out their music because sonically, I think they're doing stuff that not many people are doing. And I think there's a real opportunity for them to uh, kind of take off with this. So uh, if you've made it this far into the episode, you know, made it all the way to the end here, um, be sure to head over, give them a like, subscribe, follow, share, all that stuff. Um, and then same for us, obviously, you know, we're trying to produce as many episodes as we can for you guys and with all the artists that we can possibly get. Um, so definitely appreciate your support. Uh, and those little things like, sharing an episode or sharing the Instagram post and things like that. It goes a long way. Um, it costs you nothing, obviously. Uh, and with that, you know, your friends are going to be able to start checking out stuff too. Um, if you want to give additional support to the podcast, uh, there is merch available at you make the slash shop. Um, so you can head over there and grab some t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I appreciate everything that you guys do to support me and this show, uh, be sure to subscribe and follow, uh, but also jump over and check out our second podcast, which is musicians for mental health. Um, it's an awesome project that we're working on and we're talking with artists twice a month and we're 
talking about mental health and real issues, real world issues that, um, you know, a lot of them sing about or we all have connections to their songs and, and believe certain things mean something about mental health or whatever. Uh, and, you know, we're having these conversations open and honest and without the veil of lyrics or the, the metaphors to speak for them. Um, and I really believe we're getting some great content for you guys um, to A, get to know some artists a little better, but B, to fully understand or, you know, start to fully understand that these artists are going through the same stuff that everybody else goes through. They're still just people who happen to make music. So head over, check that out. Give us a like, share, subscribe on that as well. Um, And that's everything we've got for this week. So let's take it out with the newest single from four minutes later. And that is in my head. Remember guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other and you make the scene. Mirror, mirror on the wall Build me up to watch me fall Lie to me, don't tell the truth Broken glass, no excuse My best friend and my worst enemy In my head Mirror, mirror on the wall Fairy tales aren't true at all I find myself For something else I'm Fight myself for some